Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I am your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's episode, we have the wonderful indie pop artist, Mary Moore from Nashville, Tennessee. She was originally from Virginia, and we're going to be discussing some of her early years back in Virginia with her cover band. We're going to swap some marching band stories, and uh, we also, during the recording of this episode, both of us had puppies uh, in our midst, so you'll you'll hear her talk about my niece puppy, Leia Hermione. I love her. I miss her. And then uh, she's also got a dog with her that uh, pops up at some point, too. So uh, if you hear barking noises, that's what it is. It's fine. We all love puppies here. Maybe one day I'll even get a mascot. You never know. So without any further ado, I am going to play you a song off of Mary's EP that she is about to release. This is called Glimmer, and we hope you enjoy it. Without any further ado, here is Mary Moore. Out of Halfway falling down Charged up feelings Trying to find a way out Pull me over Take me way up high Little moments catch me That's the prize Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. I hope you're having a great day. On the show with me is Miss Mary Moore. So Mary, how are you today? I'm great. It's been a great morning. How are you? I'm so much better now that we're talking. So thank you so much for being on the (laughs) podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Very excited to be here. It's going to be a fun morning or whenever you're listening to this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Whenever you're listening to it. Aaron and myself and my sister Leslie, we just recorded an episode the other night and we we're all drinking. And of course, <laughs> we're like, sorry if you're having your morning coffee. We're drinking right now. Yeah, you're like very different vibe. <laughs> Super different. I love that. All right, Mary. So let's just kind of start from the beginning and give our listeners a synopsis of where you started and where you are right now. Yeah. um, So I'm from Richmond, Virginia, where I spent most of my life before moving to Nashville, but we'll get there. Can't jump too far ahead. Um, But I grew up in like a semi-musical household. Like my dad was just an amateur guitar player and like he loved writing silly songs about like my mom or our dogs or just um, silly little things. So definitely grew up in like a creative-esque house. Um, <laughs> That's a cool way to put it. But then when I was like eight or something, I like begged my parents to give me piano lessons because I had kind of like been fumbling at our family piano and just like 
kind of at the beginning of songwriting, I would say, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just like hit the same key and like sing my own little melodies. So I knew I was like interested in learning the piano. So got into piano lessons kind of young and just never practiced piano. I would only, (laughs) I would learn things and then just like learn more chords. And I would not want to like continue practicing the piece. I would just like want to practice the skeletons of that and write my own songs over it. So really only learned piano just so I could songwrite. And that was like how it always was with all instruments. It's just like learning more interesting, like augmentations and all those theory things just to like, uh, let the songwriting kind of like blossom. So yeah, when I was like 11, I like really, really just started even more like actually writing like cohesive songs um, and just would come home like every day after school from like middle school to high school and like write for an hour and a half. And just, it was like kind of my journal, very cathartic, but was doing a very, like a lot of other music things in Richmond as well. So since I was like eight, probably the same age was in the school choirs. And then I did show choir where you like dance and sing. Love that stuff. (laughs) Um, And then when I was in middle school, I picked up the French horn, um, which was super fun. And French horn is such a interesting instrument because you like buzz when you do it with your lips, like you make a vibration through your lips. And it's a lot like singing, they say the French horn, a lot of other instruments, you blow air, you push a button down, a note comes out, but French horn is the only instrument like woodwind instrument where you, um, not woodwind, sorry, wind instrument where you're actually controlling the pitch like with your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helped me become a much better singer because it's so much ear training to be good at the French horn. Um, so I played French horn and the mellophone and marching bands. So just kind of music everywhere. Uh, I also mm-hmm. like danced and did that. Just anything I could do entertainment wise. Um, I did growing up and uh, was in, yeah, like marching band and I sang in a cover rock band and Richmond yeah. shout out to all in. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, yeah, it was super fun. We would um, like go to these really seedy, gross dive bars and like <laughs> play from 10 to two. I'm like a 15 year old getting hit on by like 70 year old men. Kind of gross, Ugh. but like, you know, it's part of the industry. <laughs> it is. Everybody's going to pay their dues in a CD dive bar at some point. Exactly. Exactly. So it was really fun. And like a lot of the people that were in the band, like are now relocated in Nashville. So that's like kind of cool that, yeah, we all ended up like falling in love with and pursuing music. Um, And then I went to college. I went to UVA and Charlottesville, Virginia. And I was like, my parents, they, like I was saying, my dad was amateur guitar, um, but they're super practical people and they're both in the business world and just like really wanted me to get a college education. And I was like, I guess, sure. Like music seems like an impractical choice to do. It's a hard road. Um, And so went to college and like, and the whole time I was like taking music classes and I joined an acapella group, the Virginia Bells, who Pitch Perfect is based off of. So uh, what? Uh, yeah, the Bard and Bellas are based off the Virginia Bells, which is pretty Get cool. out. Uh-huh. That is so cool. Yeah. So Pitch Perfect is the, it was adapted from a book and the book is about the male acapella group, the Virginia Gentlemen, which is like the brother group to the Virginia Bells at UVA. Then when they adapted it into a movie, they wanted to do it more about the girl group. So yeah, 
that's wow. kind of a cool fun fact. <laughs> that is <laughs> but, so um, awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, so I did acapella at UVA, which was really fun. And I was the music director, which meant um, I worked on like the arrangements and then like teaching the girls that. And I just like the entire time I was at school, I would stay up and work on my music homework or arranging for the group until like 5 a.m. No problem. It was just like so fun and exciting. And then I like did well in my business stuff, but just like not with the same heart. Um, So then during my last year of school, I was like interviewing with like consulting firms and all these like random business firms. And I was just like getting so depressed imagining like doing that for the rest of my life and just was like, ah, had like a, um, what, what do they call it? The kids these days, a quarter life crisis. I oh, would yeah. say. <laughs> and I like visited Nashville on a whim and I studied abroad after like a few months after during my fourth year of school and was just like not feeling good and not excited. And then I had the thought of like, I should move to Nashville and pursue music. And it was like the first thought that like had gotten me excited in like a year. And I was like, okay, we're going to follow this gut feeling. Um, So sorry, parents, <laughs> like kind of <laughs> left the business. I mean, I, I finished up school because it was like another five months of school and then moved to Nashville and started pursuing music. And it's just been like really wonderful. And like, I fell in love with the community and did what a lot of us do here where you go through the open mic scene, then you go through the writer's round scene, then you start doing the full band showcases and then you're on the road. And I just like fell in love with being on the road. I fell in love with like, yeah, just doing the whole artist thing. And that kind of like leads to where I am now, just like putting out music and trying to be like a good community member in Nashville. And yeah, it's kind of the backstory. It's so wonderful. I I just love it. And I love the little tidbit about your acapella group. That is so cool. You know, Aaron was in a acapella group as well. And I just, yeah, I absolutely love acapella music. I think it's amazing. Um, Have you ever seen the sing off the show? Um, I feel like I've seen video clips from YouTube. I don't know if I've ever like sat and watched the whole episode. Are you into it? Yeah, I'm super into it. My mom and my sisters and I, we were all super into it. And then my sister Leslie was also in show choir for the longest time. So we nerd out on that stuff so hard. So then, of course, when Pitch Perfect came out, we all had to go and see it. Yeah. (laughs) And it became one of our favorite movies to quote ever of all time. Pitch Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, Leslie and I's favorite quote is from Fat Amy. It's the one where she goes, sometimes I think I should do crystal myth. And then I think, eh, better not. (laughs) It's like, yes, we all feel that. (laughs) Right? I know. (laughs) I love it. All right. So since you've been in Nashville, you've had some pretty cool things that have gone down. So you've been on Lightning 100. You've played the listening room and the high watt. If you would, tell us a little bit about what it was like to hear your music on Lightning 100 and everything you felt in that moment. Um, Okay, I have two thoughts about this. Um, (laughs) One is because like I was so annoying and it's like so funny looking back on. um, But I feel like that's being an artist is you're just like constantly in people's face, like, listen to me, listen to me, help me, help me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, the first time I got to go on and do like an acoustic set on Lightning 100, which was so cool. And that was like six months into me. (sighs) Yeah, I guess six months. 
I'm five months, a few months into being in Nashville. Um, wow. Lightning 100 used to host a open mic at Family Wash, which has since closed and is now Hawkers in Nashville. Um, but at every single, there were like 30 people that would perform. And that at the end of the night, they would pick one person to come and play on the radio the next week. And so I had played Family Wash probably like twice before. And then the third time, got picked to go. And that was super fun. And like, so validating. It was kind of like the first thing where it was like, Hey, like we think you're talented. It was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And I was like, so nervous. And like, looking back, Oh my God, I said so many awkward things. They like interviewed you. <laughs> oh, so bad. Um, but such a cool experience and like really energizing and like, okay, this feels like the right path. Like the universe is like, here's a little ticket. Um, then the next time, so that was like a really cool live experience. The next time when I actually got like the re recorded version of the song, I had emailed like 15 people at lightning 100 followed up like eight times. And then finally this one guy was like, you have to submit this song through our website portal. Please stop emailing everyone. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. And so I like submitted it through the website. And then like, he's like, Hey, we're going to play it like on this Monday during the 615 show. And like on the radio, he's like, and that one was by Mary Moore. She submitted it through the website, which is like, like called me out on air. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, oh, but I mean, honestly, like, I think that's such a, yeah, like if you want something, just like, don't stop asking about it is what I've learned in the music industry, because it eventually happens, even if it was through persistence. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I'd love it. I love that he called you out though. I mean, come on, that's fun. I know. Yeah. It was like, I was like, okay, I see you. <laughs> so yeah. If you want to get a song on lightning 100, the best way to do it is to go through their website portal. Everyone listening. <laughs> so everyone learn from Mary's mistake <laughs> right now. <laughs> Don't piss off the local independent radio. <laughs> yes. That is definitely sage advice, Mary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've played the listening room and the high watt. I've actually been to the high watt, but just to be a spectator. So talk about what it was like playing there. Yeah, that was actually like kind of a, another story. <laughs> Everything's a story <laughs> with me. Um, but I was touring. So I got asked to do the high watt show like really last minute. And I really wanted to play at the high watt and like put it on my resume as an artist. Um, so it was part of a charity event. Um, it's like, for raising money for like children with cancer really cool I had, like a friend loosely associated with it who like did a lot of the booking of the bands um so anyway I was touring oh my god your dog is so cute I wish she was mine I can't take credit oh. this is this is my niece puppy Leia oh my god so <laughs> yes yeah, sniff the mic Leia be part of this um <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Um, so I was actually touring in Texas. And so I got the call. I was like, hey, can you be back on Monday night to play this show? And I was like, I guess. Um, and so like drove 10 hours on Sunday to play the show and then like drove back on Wednesday back to Texas. It was very crazy. Oh my um, God. Not good for my sleep or my health, but whatever. I got to play the high watt. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and like I wanted video there to like have cool live bands. So it was like so thrown together, super scrappy, um, but really fun. That's like such a great venue. The people that work there are really nice. But yeah, like a friend helped get 
get me in there. So, yeah. That's fun. Well, I'm yeah. super glad that you survived the trip. That sounds pretty grueling, but, you know, we've all been there. Yeah. It's a yeah. life of a touring musician. We've all done it. Yeah. Do anything to play. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about getting a song on NPR's All Things Considered. Ah, uh, yeah. That that was probably like my favorite thing that's happened. Um, so they do their tiny desk submission concert thing where they try to get like just an unsigned independent artist. You upload a video to YouTube and then they like pick an artist who they're going to have like come fill an official tiny desk and then have all these really cool opportunities. And so I submitted my video Redwoods in 2019. Um, and then each like every two or three weeks, the competition's open for like six weeks. They'll like write a blog post about it. Um, and they picked up Redwoods and like put it on the blog. And it was so cool because it was like the video jumped to like thousands of views in like the matter of like five hours. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> That's um, so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, and just like a nice way to get like exposure for the song. And then again in 2020, I same thing, same Tiny Desk concert. And I was supposed to go to South by Southwest, not officially, but to play a bunch of shows outside of South by Southwest, like during the festival. Mm -hmm. um, and they like made a blog post about like artists you're going to miss. Here's their Tiny Desk thing. And then I got my 2020 entry on that blog post too, which was like super cool and just same thing again. It's like, ah, NPR really helps a little indie artist out. So that's so awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It felt, it's cool when the music industry like gives you little nuggets of like, good job, keep going. <laughs> yeah. 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 They give you little glimmers of hope here and there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, um, well, you've released some new singles recently. You've got three of them out now. Yeah. Yes, I did. Awesome. So it's Can't Hear, Upside Down, and Glimmer, right? Yes, ma'am. Cool. So if you could just paint us a picture of each of those songs, you know, what they're about and how they came to be, essentially. Totally. Yeah. So Can't Hear, I wrote with Samuel Lee in town and we met, we like played a show together in Philly and I just thought he was like super talented and hit them up and was like, hey, can we write? And I was, the, gosh, we wrote the song like a long time ago. What you may not know, everyone, is that music can take like a year or two to get from writing to out in the world. Um, so we wrote this in 2019, the end of 2019. Um, and I was going into the studio like two weeks later and I was just going to go record two songs. Um, and then I like called, I was like, we have to record this third song. I just wrote, like, I just like felt it in my heart. So went into the studio, recorded that one. So that song is about, I often find like when I'm speaking, like I have a really hard time articulating exactly what I'm feeling or thinking. Um, like often, yeah, I just like never quite get there. I get 80% of the way there and it's super frustrating. Um, and like my mind is always swimming and very unpeaceful up in here. And so that song is just about like, it would be really cool to just sit in a quiet head and like have nothing be going on. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. And so, yeah, the song is just like, I don't need, I guess, like the out the exterior world to like validate anything. And like, you don't really have to be known. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what that one's about. Um, and I put that out in the spring and that was fun. Um, 
and did like a whole fairy thing because I saw an Instagram photo of some girl with fairy wings. And I was like, I'm obsessed, um, which is how a lot of things go in my life. <laughs> okay. And then um, Glimmer was a really fun song, kind of a similar thing, like wrote it right before I was going into the studio again. It was just like, the song's super cool. Like a week before it's like, we have to record this one. Um, but glimmers are the opposite. I saw this on TikTok, a thing about a glimmer. It's like when I was introduced to the concept. Nova, come here. I also have a dog here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so glimmers are the opposite of triggers. So a glimmer is something, or a trigger is something you see that makes you feel like trauma or stress, where a glimmer is something you see that makes you feel like safe and grounded and secure. So like a little baby cat video or like, drinking your favorite tea just like something small that makes you feel good and I just thought that was like such a wonderful thing and I had been writing such depressing quarantine songs and this was like my first like <laughs> upbeat like let's feel good and I just like wanted to put that into the world and like thought it was such a cool concept that more people should like think about and be mindful about like noticing those glimmers so wrote that one and put it out in June and then the last single I just put out is called Upside Down um, and that song is about, uh, with my grandma, we used to do this thing where we would like go and pick flowers and then you flip them upside down to dry out and you just like hang them on your wall without water upside down. So the petals are facing the floor and it helps like make the color and the petals stay. Um, and I, I like wanted to put that thought onto love because I had been in a really like a four and a half year long relationship where we were like so in love with each other and then I just like watched as that love like kind of faded and how sad that is when like two people can't grow together um and so like writing a song about like I wish there was a love that I could turn upside down like we do with these flowers and like preserve the color of that love forever um, yeah, and I put that out in the end of July. And then I was supposed to put another, I was actually supposed to release an EP yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, I did not though, uh, because yeah, I like hit kind of a little like depression spot over the summer, just like wasn't like motivated to do all the stuff that you need to do to release an EP well. So I pushed it back a little bit. So a new single uh, will be coming soon, probably in two months, and then the EP in the beginning of next year. Um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good for you, though, for taking the time and the space to work through that. That's super important. Yeah. And I think, too, like, you invest so much, like, time and money and music, like, to create it. And so it's like, if you're not going to be able to do it well, it's like kind of like a really big expensive waste of money. Right. So it's like, you should wait until like you have, yeah, the mental space to like do it really, really well. So yeah, yeah. just waiting on that upswing. <laughs>
that's really smart, though, because, you know, they say that you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you're not taking the time to recharge mm-hmm. and, you know, reset yourself, then you're not going to be happy with the quality of product that you're putting out. And then eventually you're going to regret it because it's going to be such a massive financial investment. And nobody wants to regret that kind of mistake. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's wonderful, and I'm really excited for the new music that you have coming out. I I super dig this indie pop vibe thing that you've got going on. Thanks. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, I've been listening to your music all morning, and Ah. you know, it's just kind of a ritual before I do podcast episodes, so. I love that. It's like you get into the world the artist wanted for you. That's cool. 100%. Yep, that's the goal every time. So... If you could, could you talk about some of these songs that you're about to release on this EP? And you don't have to give away too much, but maybe you could just give us a, a little inkling of what to expect. Yeah. Um. So the three singles are going to be on the EP and the fourth single will be on the EP and the, and the EP will have like one more song. So you already heard like uh, more than half of it. Um, cool. Okay. But the EP, it's called Kaleidoscope Glasses and... That is a little phrase I came up with last winter because I was just like thinking about how um, like we kind of lose our child like wonderment, like the older and older we get, we become bitter and jaded and like, I don't want to be that way. Um, And so I like the tagline of the song is like, I'll keep my kaleidoscope glasses, like I'll keep them, life gets tragic, let's keep the magic. And it's about like, let's see the world like painted in rainbow. And so it's kind of like a play on words of uh, rose colored glasses, but instead Mm -hmm. of painting a lover in like a rosy hue, it's about like painting the world in like oversaturation and just seeing it in a more positive, silly light. Um, So like all the songs are kind of like that. It's like a loss of hope and then a refound, not a refound, that's not a refinding (laughs) hope again. So all the songs like upside down follows that progression of like, I lost this feeling, like I lost the feeling of love, but like you're bringing my color back. Can't hear is like, I don't know how to connect with people, but I'm refining how to connect with myself. So all the songs like kind of follow that same trajectory of, um, yeah, just like growing up and missing things and then like retrying to find that for yourself I guess so yeah kaleidoscope glasses and then the other single um it's actually like the saddest single which there's no hope at the end (laughs) (laughs) All, all the other ones end positively but um this is actually probably my favorite song I've ever written um it's called catch me and I wrote it a long time ago and was just like waiting for the right moment to release it and it's about like having that person like 10 steps ahead of you that you like can never catch up with. And it's like the fake perfect version of yourself that you like want to be. And you're just like constantly running after them. Um, So yeah, I just like love the word play as like earthy and like bubbly. And yeah, I'm just really excited for that one to be in the world. I've been holding it in the vault for like four years now. So pretty excited for that one to be out. That's awesome. I love the imagery in that the idea of chasing this person who you're supposed to be that's not really who you are at all yeah wow is yeah it's like we compare ourselves to like something that doesn't even exist and that's so like sad but we all do it (laughs) yeah we're all guilty of it you know especially musicians because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other musicians with either (laughs) you know our music or our skill set 
And I think it's really awesome that you're kind of putting it out there and saying, hey, we all do this, but maybe we really shouldn't do this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's incredibly powerful. I mean, just a second ago, I saw this image of me chasing myself. You know, I oh. I totally understand where you're coming from. Thank you. Yeah, and like, I guess like the line, like it ends, like it's like the girl I'll never be is like the the hook of it. And like, in a way it could be hopeful, like finally like an admission of like, that isn't who I am. I don't know. I'm trying to spin it so it fits on the EP. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you like it. It should be probably out in the world either November or I may release it like right after everyone sets their fake New Year's resolutions that are <laughs> like could be critiqued in some way of like, once again, we're just like chasing some strange version of herself we want <laughs> I gave up on New so. Year's resolutions a long time ago really yeah I did you know to me this concept is just kind of silly because if if I'm going to do something then I'm going to set the intention to make it happen and I'm going to do it I don't really need a resolution to, to do, do it yeah 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 I I still like them but I do think it's like funny that we like New Year knew me it's like why why not like New Year more authentic to myself like it's just yeah. like kind of a silly thing but whatever <laughs> it is to me but you know what whatever gets you there at the end of the day yeah that's cool it's fine I'm exactly. not judging yeah okay so uh do you have any shows coming up that uh, we should know about by chance yes oh my god I have a couple shows I'm so excited about one is um I'm playing a festival in Nashville called Light the Nations, oh. um, which is in the nations of Nashville, which is like 51st in Charlotte, if you live here. Um, not to our Taiwanese friends. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I'm really excited for that because it's just like a built-in audience. Like I really hope I just like meet a lot of people. I think I'm a good fit. And like the people that will go will be into the music. It's like full bands. It's just going to be really, really fun. I have a dope costume picked out. I'm so excited. Nice. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to Denver um, October 8th and 9th. I'll be playing in Denver, Colorado. It's my first time going. Yeah. I'll get to bust out my cute winter puffer jacket. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Almost as excited as the shows. And then um, October 21st and 23rd, I'll be playing in New York City. So oh, cool. a little bit of touring, which is so nice to be able to be back on the road and a small amount again so yeah. yeah where are you playing at in New York um they're so far sound shows and they're nice. both in Brooklyn so I think one's at a park and then one's at like a coffee shop or something I don't know gotcha that's a future Mary question but if you want to go in New York um you can go to my website I have the tickets up or you can go to so far sounds website on those dates and find the shows perfect have you ever played New York before I have. I've played New York like four or five times before. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I've played New York, but not in the sense that I was playing my own music. This is back in high school. I was with my orchestra and we played Carnegie Hall. Oh my God. What? That's so <laughs> cool. That's so amazing. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I can definitely say that I don't envy you going in October because it's going to be kind of cold. Is it? Okay. I thought it would be, I'm like such a Southern girl, I guess. I'm like, what do you mean? It'll be fifties. <laughs> no, it might be, but you're going to get the chill coming off of the Harbor and stuff. Okay. So if I were you, I'd bundle up and just be okay. prepared. 
I mean, that's, obviously, it's it's not going to be as bad as like December or January or February or something, but it's still going to start to get pretty cold there. Okay, when did we okay. get there? It was like it was at the very cusp of spring, and you know, kind of coming out of winter, and I think it was like March or something like that. And I just remember thinking, "Holy crap, I'm freezing my butt off!" Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Rough. Okay, that's so good to know. Yeah, absolutely. So I need to pack like my long johns, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would if I were you. Wow. <laughs> but did you live in New York? Oh no, I've just okay. been to New York a couple of times for performances, you know, with yeah. the orchestra, so and cool. then I think in 2011 I was there with a choir. I was accompanying them, and I played drum set for their show choir. So, you know, I really like New York, but I got to tell you, I love Boston so much more. Me too. Boston's so cool because, like, you walk, like, 10 feet and you're in a whole different new city. Like, it just changes so fast. When did you go to Boston? Oh, my God. It was it was years ago. Uh, so I was, again, in high school. It was the year before I went to New York, actually. It was So it was, would have been 2005. And um, we were there for some, like, jazz band competition or something like that. But, you know, I just... I just remember loving everything about that city so very much. Yeah, I just really dug the vibe. Yeah. You know, and it's like New York City, only cleaner. Yes, I agree. And like a little (laughs) smaller, like you can drive like 20 minutes and be like cute suburb-esque, urban-esque like places, like just so nice. Yeah, for sure. So have you spent a decent amount of time in Boston for shows and stuff or just passing through? Actually, no, I've, I've played shows. I think I've been there three or four times. And then I only spent like one Saturday where I was like, had, cause when I was touring, it was like, I mean, how most tours are set up. Like you play a city, you drive to the next place. And I work full time while I'm doing this like remote. So I would literally like wake up, play the show, drive to the next city. So I would like, didn't see a lot of the places I played, but Boston, I think the third time I played, I had like a Saturday because I had like a show on Friday and Saturday night. So I had the whole day and got to like walk around. So I've seen Boston for eight hours, but I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) So I need to go back and like properly do it sometime. But yeah, hopefully over the years playing shows there, I'll like get little pieces slowly. So, you know, it's so cool. And I feel really fortunate that we were able to walk around and see so many pieces of history and pop culture and stuff, you know, like one of the coolest things that I got to see was actually the the original Cheers bar. Cool. Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. It's always stuck out in my mind. And, and, you know, we got to go on this really amazing riverboat cruise and it was so beautiful because the harbor was lit up at night and it was just so super pretty. It was freaking cold as hell but it was really pretty to look at (laughs) yeah (laughs) damn that sounds amazing (sighs) so when you were in that cover band um did you guys do any touring at all or did you just mainly stay in virginia yeah we like just stayed in virginia and we play like local bars and local little festivals and things because like for I was one year older than everyone else in the group and so like we didn't even have our license like most of us didn't have our licenses so it was like our parents like driving us being like bye we'll be back and then when we all got our licenses it was a little easier but also we were all like very involved kids so we were all in marching bands at our different high schools like I was the president of like three clubs did so like so we all kind of had to be pretty tied to Richmond because everyone was like 
playing sports or doing something where they needed to be around on the weekends. Um, and hindsight, I wish we had toured, but I was like, I have to get A's and go to college. What a lie. What a dumb mistake. Should have failed out. Started doing music when I was 18. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. When, uh, when I was in high school, actually, I had a band that was doing kind of the same thing. Nice. Yeah. So it was a good time. We had a lot of fun. We never really went on tour or anything like that. I think our claim to fame was getting to play a Toys for Tots show in Michigan. That was pretty big. So that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) How old are y'all? Let's see. So I would have been probably 13, verging on 14. Mikey who was our guitar player, he would have been actually 12 going on 13. Leslie was 18. And I think Erica was like 14 going on 15. Wow. And would your parents like drive you places too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Actually our dads. uh, So Erica's dad was the sound guy. My dad was the light guy. And then our moms would run the merch table. (laughs) It's just like, it's the exact same thing. Like one of their dads did sound. One of them did like booked all of our gigs. Like it's just so cute how like family, <laughs> familial it gets. Uh, it's so funny. I love that. Yeah. So uh, what kind of music did you guys play? We were like a classic rock cover band. And then they had some originals that they had written that we would play. Um, but yeah, it was mainly like just. Just the cover stuff, going to bars, getting tips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about y'all? It was classic rock from the 60s and 70s predominantly. So. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we might have thrown in a couple of 1950s tunes because the three girls, we would sing three-part harmony. <gasps> cool. Yeah. And Mikey, bless him, you know, he was just a guitar player, but he would he would play circles around so many other players that were in the area. I mean, it was just wow. incredible to have somebody as good as he was playing with us. That's awesome. Yeah. And now Erica lives down in Nashville now too. Really? Okay. Yeah. I need to hook up with her. <laughs> oh yeah. You'd love her. She's got this really cool rock and roll whiskey vibe and she plays the harmonica like a beast. And yeah, she's just super cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to go see her play. (laughs) Yeah. She just had a show at the Five Spot not too long ago. So, okay. So what was your favorite cover tune to play in the band? I've got to (laughs) know. I loved covering like everything Led Zeppelin because he like says, yeah, he just like sits right where my voice is like really comfortable. So we did like whole lot of love. No, no, no. That's not. That was a song we did. But um. What's the one? Oh, it's like been a long time since a rock and roll. Yes, <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> that one was so fun. It's like so hype and like fast paced. Um, so I really love doing that one. Kind of thing. Anyone where like people would sing along to. Like I'm just such a performer and entertainer. I'm like just want the crowd to be vibing. <laughs> yeah. So any of those. I also we did Black Horse and a Cherry Tree, which like I once again I just like like how my voice sounds on it. So. Those two probably stick out to me. What about you guys? <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. You know, we we changed the arrangements of a lot of songs. And, um, and there was actually, there was a grouping of songs that we did. We called them the Three Amigos because they were all in the same key. So we kind of like, you know, bled them into each other. But we ended with Johnny Be Good because 
Um, oh, yeah, because Mikey, he could he could just wail. I mean, nice. Yeah, it was incredible to watch him play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also did an arrangement of "Stand by Me" by Ben E. King. Nice. Yeah, and I I threw this kind of like crazy wicked drum fill thing on it and I used to stand up and like get really really into it and throw sticks and all kinds of stupid oh, shit it was, it was so hilarious fun. <laughs> yeah it was a good time you know that band was really uh it was a blessing it it taught me how to be a performer and it really instilled a love of performing in me yeah. and that's what really just kind of propelled my performance career honestly yeah it it is like it's such a blessing to like Cause sometimes I would be like frustrated that I had to go to band rehearsal or like whatever, like being a dumb teenager, like I want to make out with boys and stuff. <laughs> but like, it is such like from such a young age, like we got to like practice and like learn those skills. And I'm like, it, 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 it made me the performer I am today. Like being on stage is where I feel the most comfortable because like for five years, we like <laughs> did it every weekend twice. Like it's so cool. Yeah. It is such a blessing. Yeah, that's cool. So, hey, I wanted to know, since since you were in marching band, did you guys compete at all? Uh, Yeah, I guess we did. Yeah, we definitely did. What am I talking about? Like, we did that every weekend all fall. Oh, wow. Yeah, but we were, like, fine, I guess. <laughs> so did you ever have to do, like, a marching band competition and then turn around and go do a rock band show in the same night? <laughs> Probably. But like I said, all the other boys were also in marching bands, so we could only play stuff if, like, their competition got them home. But we definitely did that. But I definitely remember doing a lot more stuff in the summers and the spring. So maybe during fall. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. Uh, there, there was a couple of times where that happened where – my mom would be like, you're going to go do this competition and then this competition, and then you're going to go play a show. What? Yeah. I was like, uh, come again? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And there's this one time, I'm sure my mom doesn't even remember this, but she actually booked a gig on the night of my junior prom. <laughs> <gasps> no. Yeah. So I missed my junior prom and I was so that's pissed. so sad. <laughs> she was just kind of like, well, you you know, yeah, it sucks. You'll go next year. But... Yeah. Yeah, you do. Like, I remember like missing and like, I loved playing. So it was fun. But you definitely like give up other things. Like I remember going to like, we had a show choir performance and then going to a full band thing and just being yeah. like, I am so tired. <laughs> and now I have to go sing for four hours. Like, it's just, yeah. But yeah, it was crazy. I definitely am sure I had like more negative feelings while doing it. But now I look back fondly. Yeah. I'm like, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I look back at it now and I'm like, oh, those are those were the days, you know, it was it was a great experience, you know, it was yeah. fine. <laughs> okay, so as 12 and 13 year olds, like as like babies, did you guys have like band fights? Like you're not taking the band seriously, like things <laughs> like that. <laughs> Or was um, it chill? <laughs> no, honestly, it was pretty chill for the most part. We really didn't get into very many bickering matches. Not not really until the end of the band, I would say. Um, and about that time, Leslie okay. was getting ready to go to California. And, um, you know, and there were there's only one thing I remember. Mikey and I kind of got into it over a song and... 
um it was basically like i knew how to play okay. it and he didn't know how to play it and then when i was trying to help him he's like no oh you're not God. doing it right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know so typical teenage boy stuff but no i mean really it was very chill and you know erica and i we are still the very best of friends and we hang out and write music together and stuff you know, and she is still one of those people that can walk into my mother's house anytime she wants and be welcome. I love that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what That's about awesome. you guys? Did, uh, did you have band fights? No, maybe like, I don't think band, I didn't with them, <laughs> but I think um, the two boys, they like were best friends, Brad and Ryan, they would um, get mad at each other and they would get <laughs> mad at me because I like never knew the lyrics. I would just like make up my own lyrics. I'm like, I'm a songwriter. Let me be. <laughs> um yeah and so um no I think the only fight we ever got in because I was a year older than them I was going to college in like two months and they're like we need to buy a new PA system Mary you need to give us like a hundred dollars I was like I'm literally not in this band in two months absolutely not that was the only fight we got in I think I cried (laughs) it's like a bunch of boys and I'm like you just don't get my feelings (laughs) but no it was it was pretty chill at least for me it was like I just came in and sang and I'm sure they fought more I feel like as just the singer when you're like, like not part of the arrangement you have like a little bit more like you're less involved or you can yeah. be less involved yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well Mary I just I cannot thank you enough for coming onto the show and talking to me I've had such a great time with you yeah thank you for having me um this is super fun and I think it's like awesome that you're doing this whole podcasting. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. You know, Aaron and I were very proud of, you know, the Music on the Move community and we love having the artists play the showcase and then come on the podcast and talk about your music. So thank you so very much for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. That was so much fun. Thank you, Mary, for coming on the show and talking with me about cover band shows and marching band and all that cool stuff. So if you guys want to learn more about Mary, you can find her at Mary Moore Music. So that is Mary with an M-O-O-R-E music dot com. So 
To learn more about us, you can find us at Music on the Move Studios. Remember, if you're thinking about maybe possibly investing in some lessons, we do have online courses available for vocals and guitar via musiconthemovestudios.com. And then if you want to learn more about me, as always, you can find me at katiethompsonmusic.com or email me at katie at musiconthemovestudios. We'll see you next episode, friends. Toodles. Toodles.